As Fox 13's Jordan Bowen shows us, a local dentist is one of the first in the Bay Area to use the first and only robotic system for dental surgery. We have robot, robotic surgery in medical field, and it's time for robotic surgery in dental field. That was a little misleading. 20 minutes to put in an implant and then zero pain afterwards? That lady said it was like three months she was in pain after her first dental implants, and this one there was zero pain the next day. $5.3 billion of sales. So what percentage of Black Friday shopping was done online? What would you guess? 10 to 12%. 79% of all shopping was done on a mobile handset. Overnight waits, doorbuster deals, and sometimes more than just a few sharp elbows. Cybertruck, they announced it in 2019, and they're barely just now hosting this like delivery event. Elon Musk has said, we dug our own grave by announcing the Cybertruck. So he regrets having done it. They regret, and he's publicly regretted building the Cybertruck. Founder in the world is guilty of this. Every visionary is guilty of this. This is something that people actually want or need. And even when people need it, they don't necessarily want it. They can't sell it. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co-host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. My name is Tanner Applegate. I am the CEO and founder of Unify. We are a password manager specific for dental. Awesome, man. So we got three really, really good topics. We are recording this right after Thanksgiving. So first, let's talk through, uh, we're going to talk through Black Friday and some marketing things that I think people will be interested in and some data. Um, I have something for you, Tanner, Tanner that's going to blow you mi your mind, uh, something that Amazon did that was very interesting from a marketing standpoint. And then second, uh, we have something around operations in Tesla. Tesla has recently run into some operational hiccups, and uh, we're going to talk about that and how that's impacted Tanner and I and also the dental industry. And then lastly, I got a video on dental robotics that I want to share with you, Tanner. It's very, very interesting about the future of dentistry and robots. So which one do you want to tackle first? Uh, let's hear the dental robots. Awesome. Let me get that pulled up. All right. So just for the audience listening at home, um, I'm going to share a new story. You'll be able to hear it. You won't be able to see it. But the data that they shared in this was actually very, very interesting. And I, I did not know this few people in the dental industry were using robots. So here we go. Well, going to the dentist can sometimes be a pain, especially if you have to have surgery. Recovery can take weeks, but new advancements in robotics are dramatically cutting down that recovery time and the overall pain. As Fox 13's Jordan Bowen shows us, a local dentist is one of the first in the Bay Area to use the first and only robotic system for dental surgery. Dentistry has been around since 7,000 B.C. It's one of the oldest medical professions. We are in intra-op position. But now in 2023, attaching the robot. This is what dentistry looks like. I didn't even dream that technology would go so far. 3D imaging, precision, accuracy, and robotics. We have robot robotic surgery in medical field, and it's time for robotic surgery in dental field. This is Yomi, the first and only FDA-approved robot system used for dental surgery. Makes me and my team uh, 
very happy. Dr. Nadia O'Neill practiced dentistry for more than 25 years in Ukraine before coming to the U.S. and graduating from NYU. She started using Yomi in April, becoming the 22nd dentist in Florida to use the technology and has now performed more than 250 robotic implants. People coming back next day or the same day with minimal pain, pain or even no pain. The biggest difference? It doesn't require the doctor to make an incision. Every incision produces inflammation in the body and it takes time to heal. A traditional implant surgery may take up to an hour and a couple weeks to recover from. But as Dr. O'Neill explains, a Yomi robotic assisted surgery takes about 20 minutes and usually patients feel fine right after. No pain. I didn't take my medicine, just antibiotics, that's all. Because no pain next day and it's already was like, Eugenia Warner has had three traditional implant surgeries, which she says took more than three months to recover from. This is what we need to do. Grow and learn more. Yomi works by first taking a 3D scan of the patient's mouth. Then, based on the results, comes up with a treatment plan the doctor reviews and uses as a guide during surgery. It's reassuring to patients to know that the robot makes the clinician more accurate and precise. They can see better and it's less invasive. Going forward, Dr. O'Neill believes robotics will only continue to expand in dentistry. So what does she expect next? Not the system. It's going to be a robotic surgery or robotic implant placement or robotic uh, crown in the filling. We'll be in dentistry for long. Okay, so what did you think of that? I think it's that was a little misleading. Hey, Happy New Year, and thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got something really, really important to share with you that's going to bring massive impact to your practice. So every year, things change in your market. Every single year, people move, incomes change, populations change, and it's really important that you stay up to date with that. And one of the things that we offer to all of our customers, and we want to offer it to all of our listeners completely for free, is mapping out your new patients. So we're not going to only show you where your new patients are coming from on a map, just like this above, but we're also going to show you the income areas that they're coming from, the different boxes of income, as well as the populations to make sure that you have supporting areas to where you can attract more new patients. And lastly, we're going to map out all of your competition for you for free. This is 100% for free, no obligation. And we're really excited to share this with all of our listeners. So all you have to do is go to maps.smcnational.com. And it's first come, first serve. We're not going to offer this forever. So if you want to get this, get in now, get all your new patients mapped out for the new year. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. Is it? Yeah, that's so my first, it was like, so few people are using it. And then only an hour, like 20 minutes to put in an implant and then zero pain afterwards. Like what, what is the robot doing that yeah, the pain aspect of it is interesting, but to me, the clinician is still heavily involved. So it's almost like the robot is guiding and it's aiding in it, but the clinician is still there doing the drilling. Yeah. Right. So there are a lot of other alternatives that may not be robotic for that same situation that are just as good of outcomes. And so I feel like, yes, the robotic is a novelty and it's exciting and it honestly could be a marketing piece. But to me, I think that for my limited clinical experience as a non-clinician, it's not providing any additional benefits that can't be done through like implant guided, I mean, guided yeah. implant surgeries. Yeah. Implant where they get the, they get the guides and they mm -hmm. go in there and they put everything in, just follow. It's kind of like fill in the color, right? Like just do this exactly right here. Um, interesting. Yeah. I, as I watched it, I was just blown away by some of the stats that they were giving. Like I was like, is this accurate of, of how fast you can do an implant and zero pain afterwards? And then what was the difference between the robot and doing it regularly that 
that caught that lady said it, this is like three months she was in pain after her first dental implants and this one there was zero pain the next day yeah realistically a hand-guided implant can be 20 minutes yeah. that's why so many people are enjoy doing them is because it can be quick right like if the tooth's already out if you've got these guided implants right you just like put it in zip it in and then you're done you have to put in your abutment or whatever but um, yeah, that was misleading because a lot of that was just general implant marketing in general, but they attributed it to the robot, which is again, marketing fluff, but yeah. Interesting. All right. What do you want to tackle next? The, um, Amazon, uh, black or the black Friday information that you had, or yeah, let's, you want to do that one? Let's go through the black Friday stuff. Okay. So I, for those that don't know, I'm a data nerd and I, I don't know why, but my wife, I think she got on the like economy side of TikTok and she asked me all these questions and I, I enjoy it because I enjoy reading up on the economy. So I did a, uh, a Black Friday is one of those indicators of the health of the economy and I always pay attention to it, right? So some of the stats from this last Black Friday that was interesting to me that I would love to get your thoughts on is first, $5.3 billion of sales. So in general, that's up 77% compared to last year's Black Friday. So it, it's healthy growing, right? That was kind of good to see in general because that recommend and that is an indicator that in all in all consumer sentiment is positive. Yep. The second part of it though, that was very interesting to me. If you were to guess what percentage of what percentage of Black Friday shopping was done online, what would you guess? 30%? On a phone. On a phone. Not online, sorry, on a phone. Oh, on a phone. On a phone specifically. Uh, of the total. So you're saying what percentage of the total Black Friday shopping is done on the phone? I would say 10 to 12%. So according to Salesforce and Adobe Analytics, which is an analytics company, 79% of all shopping was done on a mobile handset. 79% of all Black Friday. That's absolutely wild. Yeah. That blew my mind. I was like, this is a because I knew that it's always been shifting right, yeah, yeah. towards mobile. Yeah. But the fact that 79% was mobile was mind blowing. Wait, wait, wait. So is that of 100%? So only 20% are going into the stores? Or is that just 79% of online sales? I think that's 79% of all shopping traffic. So it doesn't necessarily mean purchases. Okay. But that's all shopping traffic. Okay. So you're more likely to shop online and then maybe go in person and do a purchase or whatever. But of all shopping traffic, including in person, 79% of it was done in mobile. That's wild. Yeah, that is crazy. But then people could still go in. So that that makes sense. That That is a, I was basing it off of, I was thinking maybe half of all of shopping to 30% was done online. And then a percentage of that was done on mobile. But I guess, yeah, no one's really on their desktop or laptop during Black Friday. It's a, it's all mobile. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. Okay. And then, and check this out though. So I'm going to throw one more wrinkle into this. I love that data, by the way. So someone sent me an article uh, about um, Amazon doing the first Black Friday football game. So Amazon bought the first, because normally they have football on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Right. And Friday, there's nothing. Right. But Amazon said, we want one game. We want to buy it. They paid like stupid amounts of money for it. And we're we're going to sponsor it. And here's the reason that they did it. They did it because they don't want people going into the stores. So they did it to keep people home and then run their ads to drive people back to Amazon. So it's a double whammy. Don't let people go into the local retail and then run ads to get them back onto Amazon. Interesting. Smart. Brilliant. (laughs) Very smart. (laughs) Brilliant. 
That's crazy, right? That's like you're they're playing through. How are they getting the women though to not go in? I I I, I yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, that's next next level yeah. Amazon like let's play some chess, not checkers. Come on. Well, if you already but if you combine it with the data that you just shared though, Tanner, it's like if the husband's like, oh, I want to stay home, watch the football game. And it's like, you know what? I could probably do Black Friday on my phone. Mm-hmm. That's what my wife did. She did all the Black Friday shopping, but she did it all from her phone. Yeah, my my wife did go in, but because we were with family, it's always kind of like a fun activity to go do is just go in. Yeah. But she didn't, she didn't buy hardly anything. I think she plans on doing all of the purchasing online. Right. The other aspect, the other statistic that was interesting to me, and this is something that I know that you've brought up multiple times in this article, was that... There was, it was only 79 million in sales. So compared to the uh, 9.8 billion total, like it's not a huge percentage, but buy now, pay later is up 47% compared to last year. Buy now, pay later. Yeah. Cause it wasn't even an option last year though. Was it or a very small option? I don't remember seeing uh, it last no, year. I mean, Clama has been around for a while. These other like, these like Apple Pay, if you think about Apple Pay, they've got the whole like pay later thing that they've been doing for a while. Yeah. But so it is definitely available. But the fact that it increased, it is always an indicator to me that like we're becoming more of a debt burden society. Which oh, 100%. Is yeah. Indicator to recession. The credit card and consumer debt uh, is, is astronomical right now. Yeah. yeah something's going to give on that front sooner or later. But store branded credit cards went down. Oh, yeah. Yep. That makes sense. I, yeah. Those are a ripoff. Those are stupid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, those are stupid. Those are like just basically bed. Why, why haven't they died a long time ago? But yeah, the buy now, pay later is way. If you had to pick one, I don't recommend doing either. But buy now, pay later versus uh, debt credit card is their store branded credit card is not even close because the buy now, yeah. pay later is like very small interest compared to a credit card that's recurring with no end. Um, that actually makes me think about the dental industry that. You know, we could get, we, a lot of times in the dental industry, rely on people having credit cards to pay for their stuff rather than offering the in-house financing, which is way better, way, way better than them putting it on a credit card. For the consumer. Yeah. For the consumer. Yeah. It's way. Not for the dental office. Yeah. It's a higher, it's a higher fee for the dental office and in office. um, They're going to take a bigger percentage than a credit card would because the credit cards still take a percentage though. So yeah. But 3% is way cheaper than the 15% or whatever that care credit does. True. But how much more dental, I would argue, how much more dental can you get done with someone over a lifetime if they're using an, uh, like a, like a care credit or a Sunbit or something like that versus if they're putting it all in their credit card? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, that's true. But I think that if in, 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 yeah, anyway, in general, I think that there's always, um, there's always ways to improve the treatment presentation and treatment like acceptance part of the dental office that exactly the, the financing portion of it is just so small anyway. That's awesome. Okay. Let's talk about the operational issues. Yeah. So, so Tesla, I'm a, I'm a Tesla fan boy, right? I Me got too. my Tesla. I like it. And and you and I, like, if you look at the operations of tesla and why they've been able to kind of grow their thing they you they utilize a lot of the same components in order to get scale right if you look at the seats in a model three and a model y they're the same if you look at a lot of these components they're the same across a lot of their their things but with cybertruck they announced it in 2019 and they're barely just now hosting this like delivery event yeah. So they're delivering the first 10 kind of event. I mean, Cybertruck's out of Austin. 
And, but the thing like Elon Musk has said, we dug our own grave by announcing the Cybertruck. So he regrets having done it. And the reason why is because of the uniqueness and a lot of the components that they've had to go in and build. Right. So it would just kind of made me laugh that they regret and he's publicly regretted building the Cybertruck. I'm, and I know that every founder in the world is guilty of this. Every visionary is guilty of this. So I was curious, kind of what is some of like, have you had a Cybertruck moment in your entrepreneurial journey that you can relate to Elon with? Oh, so yeah, hundred percent. Um, constantly we did, we tried to do something called call biotics when we, uh, first started. Cause I realized all these offices sucked at answering the phone. So we were like, Hey, we'll give you a service. We'll, we'll listen to your calls and we'll help you level up your, your phone conversion. Right. Cause that's largely a lot of marketing problems come from just not answering the phone or not knowing how to answer the phone. Those two things. Right. In fact, if you take the industry average, you lose 80%, 80 to 85% of your new patients just on those two things. Right. So it's like, in my brain, I was like, this is simple. This solves everybody's problem and it's going to be, everybody's going to want it. So we built out this thing. We built out this company and nobody wants it. No one cares, right? Like people will take like free information on it and training on it, but they don't, it's not sexy like marketing. And so we built out this whole thing and just couldn't sell it. Uh, people it. wouldn't buy it. Yeah. I had to scrap it. Interesting. It's funny. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's yeah. got one. How about you? Um, I mean, we're kind of going through that right now. We did a big, we've done a big push in Unify over the last six months to kind of get a uh, holistic data analytics approach. But as we've gotten into it, the build is way more expensive than we anticipated and the demand is not there, right? So we're starting to see if we needed to pedal back on that or not. But that was one that we've kind of sunk too much time and energy into, especially the cost of a startup. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh, that's the hardest thing about SaaS is, yeah, everybody wants to start a SaaS company, right? And they're like, yeah, they print money, and they do because once you get people into it and using it, it's the, it's insane the amount of profit and growth that you can get from it. However, there's some guessing games that go on if if this is something that people actually want or need, and even when people need it, they don't necessarily want it. You can't sell it, yep. even at a hundred bucks. Yep. You know what I mean? You just people won't buy it. So it's like, how do you build something that people need and also want before they know that they need it or want it? Yep. That that is one of the hardest hardest things to do. And it's a it's a skill set. I mean, it's a uh, skill set that some people have, which is be able to like feel out the market and understand what those things are. Right. I I think that I'm developing it more and more every day. But there's some people I look at that are just like it's gold every time. Like, hey, we need to build this. Okay, great, and it's money. Right. Even like Steve Jobs, like if you look at him, that's what his skill set was. Yeah. Yeah. We need to build this next. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's great chatting, man. Cool. Peace. Peace.